For those of you who are interested in starting to swim, bike, and run and get into the sport of triathlon, go to my website, check out the book, Triathlon for the Every Woman. It doesn't actually have to be just for women. It is geared toward women, but uh, the book is available for free, 100% second edition for download on your favorite e-reader. So go to swimbikemom.com forward slash free book. Today's guests on the podcast are the mother runners. Dimity McDowell and Sarah Bowen Shea are on the podcast, which is really exciting. Um, They are so inspirational and influential and a lot of fun as well. So hope you guys enjoy this episode with Dimity and Sarah. Welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast with Meredith Atwood. We all have the same 24 hours each day. And it's what we do with those hours that makes all the difference between our health, happiness, and success. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Same 24 Hours podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood. I am here today with the mother runners, Sarah and Demity are here. Hi, guys. Hello. Oh, another same 24 hours. Here we are again, right? How did (laughs) did it turn out like that? (laughs) So fun. So I was on you you guys's, you guys, y'all's podcast Mm -hmm. in 2013. And I I remember that year because that was the first Ironman year for me and Dimity. Yes, that was a long time ago. And you you kept going. I quit after one, but you've done, how many have you done, Meredith? No, so I've done four, but I'm I'm done. I keep signing up and I don't show up. (laughs) That's not a good use of funds, I got to say. You probably heard that already. It's really not. And I think I've finally um, come to to realize that that money can be better put to use somewhere else. Somewhere else. (laughs) So what in the world has happened since we talked, you know, what, five years ago? Everything. So much. But I think we must have talked in between there too, because you contributed to Tales from Another Mother Runner. Didn't we have you on the podcast for that? I don't think I was, no, I wasn't on the podcast, but we had the get together in Atlanta and I showed up for that. mm -hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. I couldn't remember. Fun. Sorry. Sorry. It's a world oh, one. I put my mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are we doing since then, Sarah? Oh, just running like mothers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, another mother runner is just growing like gangbusters, which delights and uh, somewhat amazes us. Um, we are coming up on episode 300 of our own podcast. That'll be next month. Um, I saw and- that. That's a lot of podcasting. That is a lot of podcasting. <laughs> And um, and sometimes it seems like just yesterday that we started, but it'll be seven years this summer. And I don't wow. know how that happened. I know. Seven years this summer. Holy cow. I know. And oh my gosh, sometimes we um, we hear from people who started the beginning. So we got an email recently from someone who started at the beginning. And so for context, my older daughter is a sophomore in high school. And my twins, boy, girl twins are in seventh grade. So I was like, oh, well, like, how old are my kids? She's like, they're in third. Your twins are in third grade. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you know, you can, it's not like Handmaid's Tale or, you know, The Crown. Like, you can jump ahead, listen to the current episodes, and then go back. She's like, no, 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 I don't, no spoilers. I don't want to know how it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Like, those kind of individuals both amaze and flatter and terrify me. Because every once in a while, I'll get someone who said, so I, this weekend, I read your entire blog. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? There's like thousands. 
<laughs> they probably also read it on their phone. So it's not even like they had like a big screen or something. I can see them, you know, obsessively doing it, you know, on the sidelines of a gymnastics, you know, <laughs> rehearsal or something. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's very flattering, but it's. Yeah. 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 So, um, and, and Dim, we launched the train like a mother club right yes. a year after we talked to Meredith. Yeah. Her. We sure did. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, that has turned into be really, really fun because, um, instead of just a one point, um, you know, connection via reading a blog or listening to the podcast, what we do is we train mother runners or really any female, um, and actually a couple males too, um, for all distances from a 10 K, um, all the way up to, um, well, we just added Ironman this year. We have two ultra programs, a 50 K and a 50 miler. We have all four distances for, the triathlon. Um, and then of course we have all the running distances as well as, um, we have them both in like what we call the traditional, which is what you think of as a traditional running plan. And we also have them as heart rate. Um, we have a great heart rate coach, uh, Mary Catherine Fleming, who, um, teaches people to run, make their easy runs really easy and their hard runs crazy hard. Um, and <laughs> that's been really fun. Um, and so in every division has a, expert coach or we actually have two triathlon coaches in there um and it's been just really cool to see because what we do is we have a private facebook page we have a private strava group for them they get you know a training plan and training peaks they get weekly newsletters swag. So you get swag they get a bunch of swag and so we get to follow them from anywhere from 12 to you know i mean the iron man plan is 36 weeks mm -hmm. so um we interact with them along the training and really you know at the end of the day what we wanted to do with the train like a mother club and i'm sure you can appreciate this meredith is you know, create a team atmosphere. Um, and just because endurance sports can be so isolating, motherhood can be pretty isolating, just a lot of time by yourself. And even though everyone's doing the workouts, you know, whether they're in, you know, England or Maine or San Diego, um, they're doing the same workouts and they can kind of talk about it and commiserate or celebrate on the pages and with each other. And that's really been super validating and fun to see. Yeah, that's awesome. So how, um, let's, let's back up a little bit for anyone who doesn't know who you are. I don't know at this point how anyone doesn't know who you guys are. Oh, you're kind. No, 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 really. I mean, so how did you guys meet? And more importantly, how are you still business partners after all these years? That's incredible. <laughs> second marriage. It's a second marriage. It's my, it's my third marriage. Uh, oh yeah. Sarah's third. I'm on my second. Um, so Dimity and I are both um, graduates of Colgate University in central New York, and we were both rowers there, and uh, Dim's younger than I am, so we did not overlap on campus, um, but I went back for a Colgate crew reunion when Dim was um, in her senior year, and so we um, sort, of, sort of met then, and then when Dim was looking for a job when she graduated, she wanted to get into magazines. And so I was uh, one of the few um, alumni who was working in um, the publishing industry. So she actually, I guess it was typewritten, right, Tim, that you typed me a letter? Yeah, maybe? I mean, it was before it was, a, I mean, we're going to really date ourselves, but it was <laughs> yeah. before email, right? I, yes. I, I, I yeah. mean, I wrote to the alumni office first to get a list of people in publishing. And then I got my list of like three people. So you like waited, you, were you one had your like self-addressed self stamp return. Envelope. Yeah, on my SASE. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was 96, right? I mean, uh, 95, 96. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So yeah. So then, uh, so, um, I helped Dim land her first job in publishing. And then, so then we were both in the magazine sphere 
And um, back in the day, um, companies would take, big companies like Nike and Adidas and stuff would take journalists on um, fam trips on, you know, boondoggles, let's say, to, you know, Moab, Utah, or, um, you know, Vancouver, British Columbia, something like that. And so we'd get to mountain bike and kayak and hike and do all these fun things. And so Dim and I would get to go on those trips as part of our job, which sounds unbelievable. Oh, that's but, terrible. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know now, trip. especially like, you know, given yeah. the publishing industry today, like every magazine is folding, but yeah, right. it, was, right. it was, it was, it was the, it was the prime time of uh, magazines. It was the heyday. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and we didn't have kids. And so, um, so we could actually go on those trips. And so we became friends that way. And then um, over the years, our friendship uh, deepened. And then Dim, you want to pick up the story on, on the book and marathon moms and that stuff? Sure, sure. Um, so, so then we did decide that we wanted to have kids separately with our husbands, and um, and so I had. Uh, Wait, did you like consult each other first? <laughs> no, no. That's the thing. Sarah and I have never lived in the same town or anything. That's oh, the really? funny thing is that we have always lived, you know, um, remotely from each other. But I mean, I remember Sarah. Like I used to. I remember very vividly um baking you cookies when I lived in New York City and sending them to you I you must have been living in Boston at the time um I know probably yeah they probably all broke on the way there but um anyway um so so we've always like in you in your Sarah's a really good email chatter I'm not a very good email chatter anymore I used to be but um so lots of conversations over email and um so yeah so we had an email conversation and I had had my first kid and Sarah had um had all three of her children and I was pregnant with my second one and had some postpartum depression with my first one and really didn't want to go back to that spot. And so I, um, so I said to her, like when Ben was, I mean, he wasn't even, I hadn't even heard the heartbeat yet. I'm like, do you want to run a marathon after I have this baby? (laughs) (laughs) Um, basically. And, um, you know, after a little bit of back and forth, she said, yes. And, um, I just needed, I just knew I needed a goal, you know, and of course it's, you know, like a typical runner to be like, Oh no, I'm not going to run a 10 K. I'm going to run a marathon after having a baby. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, so, so she and I settled, we hadn't picked one yet. And then we reached out to, um, a woman named Tish Hamilton, who was then the executive or she was probably a senior editor then at, at runner's world. And, um, and asked her if we could write about it. And long story short, it turned into us having a blog, which again, um, on Runner's World, we were called the Marathon Moms. This was brand new. Like they had to like run it by, you know, like four people in the chain of command before they could okay it. What's this blog thing? And, uh, <laughs> and, then, um, and then we ended up writing a feature about it, about how we, you know, got through our training and stuff and then turned that into a book called Run Like a Mother, which... Um, came out in 2010, and it's still in print, which is pretty good for a running book that's, you know, seven years old. Um, and then also, it, it comes at running from a very different perspective than just, you know, sheer, you know, go out and get this done, and it's how many miles you have to do. We really kind of come at it from um, an emotional, um, you know, a perspective, a social perspective, um, you know, because we, we get out there and run for so many different reasons. It's, it's not always about the time on the clock or the distance that you go. Yeah. One of the things I like that you guys say is the restorative power of a mile. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, it's pretty much <laughs> or a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. I mean, it is amazing how much you can push the reset button when you go out and a mile, you know, sometimes, sometimes I say run a mile out because then you have to run a mile back. So that's two miles and that's going to double your, you know, it's kind of BOGO, <laughs> buy one, get one. But, um, 
Oh, is that what it is? (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just, just taking that time for yourself um, and, you know, realizing that, you know, your body moves and your blood flows and your head can clear and you can process something or you can listen and jam out to your own song or whatever you want to do. I mean, it's hard and I, I will never ever pretend that it's easy to motivate because it's not, or for most of us, it's not. Um, but energy always begets energy. And that is something that I have to tell myself. Um, and we can talk about this later, but I haven't been able to run much um, over the past year just because of some physical stuff. And, uh, you know, it's hard for me to motivate to go to the gym. I don't want to go, you know, sit on the exercise bike there or get on the step mill there. But I know that if I can just get some momentum going, get there, start, I won't stop until I'm done. And I will feel a thousand times better. Yeah. And feel restored. So what's wrong with the exercise bike? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing's wrong with the exercise. I'd rather be riding outside, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, my, my gym is, uh, I, you know, in my next life, I'm going to have enough money where I can like belong. We don't have an Equinox example or, you know, equivalent here in Denver, but I do like a high-end gym. It makes yeah. you feel like you're, you know, just having some space and light. That's, that's what my, my <laughs> closest gym is, is, uh, lacking. Yeah. I mean, I, I lived in a small town like uh, several years ago and we <laughs> joined this gym and you had to have a special code and you went in when it was dark, you know, and, and it was dusty yeah. and it had the big bike with the the fan. And I mean, sure. and then later I joined a lifetime fitness and I mean, I can never go back. I'm ruined forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no chance of going to another gym. <laughs> I know lifetime fitness. We have a couple of those here. Unfortunately, that's the other rule of the gym is that Yes, maybe we could afford to do that, but it's so far away for me. It's it's easily a 20-minute drive that oh, I would never go, right? I mean, Lifetime Fitness is like a cruise ship. Have you ever <laughs> been to one of those, Sarah? I have not, no. Oh, don't oh, go. My God. You'll need it. <laughs> I mean, it is. Is, is the one near you super, super large? It's Yeah. we So we've moved all over Atlanta, and we base our house purchases on proximity to Lifetime. No way. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We're wow. currently three miles. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. It's but, worth it. Yeah. But it is but, worth but, it because in the summer, it's like an oasis. So they've got like this cabana thing and the kids play and there's water slides and you go and you do your workout. The kids are in the kids center. And then afterwards, you all go to the pool. It's yeah, awesome. Exactly. It is. Yeah. It's like a cruise ship. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, I think I think maybe there's one in the suburbs of Portland and it, with traffic, that would just be not yeah. not something I could pull off. But um, <laughs> you just need to, to buy it. your next house near it. See, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, why are people running now? I mean, like ten years ago, people started running for I feel like it was different reasons, and and women's running has grown exponentially. So, what have you guys seen trend wise with the growth of running? Or is everyone doing it for the same reason, just you, to get away you, from the kids? <laughs> well, that's there. There is that one. Dim was talking about the restorative power of a mile. I thought sometimes for me, it's just about getting outside and and getting away from my family. Yeah, um, and having an excuse to get outside that that I would never say. I would very rarely say, "Hey, I'm going to go have brunch with my friends," or "I'm going to go have coffee." I'm not a coffee drinker, so I go have a chai or something. But but that to me is very decadent. It costs money. It seems, 
a, a trifle bit selfish sometimes. And so, but yet going out for a run doesn't. And it, so it's my, you know, excuse. And sometimes when I meet people who take Sunday as a rest day, I think, Oh no, 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 no. That's a weekend day. I got to get out of the house. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's um, so true. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of trends, like, I mean, I think some of the, some of the things are now passe, like, you know, I don't hear, we don't hear many people talking about color runs or, or things like that. But, um, you know, I mean, the, the Walt Disney marathon was just, um, recently last weekend or the weekend before that. And that, um, you know, I mean the, the multi-day races. So the people who, you know, did dopey or goofy or whatever down there and that, the we had um, Bart Yasso's on our podcast next week, and he was talking about you know the Bermuda Marathon, where you can run a mile one mile race one day, a ten k the next, a half on Saturday, and then the full on Sunday. And yeah, I mean that's a that's a large plate to to chew down, but um, I think that that's motivating for some people to do multi day races, mm-hmm. um, and I see that as coming on strong. I mean, look at the Philadelphia marathon. They broke out their half marathon. So that's on Saturday and their marathons on Sunday so that people could opt to do both and get different t-shirts for both. And then a third medal for, you know, doing both races. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think uh, relay races are still very popular because it's so awesome. It's a team event back to what Dim said about how running and motherhood can be isolating and that um, to make anything you can do to make running a team sport. So doing, you know, Ragnar road races or Ragnar trail races where you get to camp and hang out while one of your runners is out doing a loop, you know, so that you get to stay in one place. I think those are all really appealing and um, just really great ways to connect with people and, um, you know, do something good for yourself while you're off from your family for a couple of days, maybe. Yeah. What do you think, Dem? Um, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I, I, it's funny. I feel like, you know, people talk about how, how the running boom is over, but I, I have a hard time seeing that. I think, I think it got really, people say really the running boom is over. I mean, not oh, over, yeah. but if you go look at like the running USA statistics, like, oh, okay. um, it's gone down slightly, meaning, you know, instead of, and I'm making this up, so don't quote me, but like, <laughs> instead of 12 million XXX doing this 12 million doing something in, you know, 20 or 2016, it was 11.7 in right. 2017, you know, like, so it's and, da- you know, yeah. but it's and, still, yeah. and race number, race participation numbers are certainly down. Uh, they're, yeah, they're down, but they're still strong. That's the thing, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the trend is down, but it's not like, you know, they're dwindling. I mean, I think that there was a lot of races um, at times that maybe, you know, try to jump on the bandwagon when, when running was really cresting as far as participation and mm-hmm. um, didn't maybe pay the amount of attention that they needed to, to all the little details about making sure that the runners got a great experience. And so I think, uh, and water and water <laughs> had to not, not from a hose <laughs> yeah. or, or a fire hydrant. Right. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, so that, so, you know, you kind of, of course people focus on what's going wrong instead of what's going right. And there's still a ton of things going right in the running industry. I mean, 99% of the races are great. Um, I do think that there are people who are um, either like Sarah talked about doing like the multi-day races, kind of the stacked races is a trend. But then I also feel like running just for the sake of running is um, also kind of becoming new again. Uh, I mean, that's, it sounds like I'm, you know, trying to make it, you know, trying to predict the future or something, but I, but I do feel like uh, in our community, we see more women who are um, embracing just the, the everyday motion instead of necessarily a finish line. 
I've done, so I've done triathlon for so long and I actually did my first marathon in October, my first standalone. Mm. And it was, um, pushing, um, a kid with the Kyle Peace Foundation. So congratulations. That's wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. I, I knew that I would not train for it if I had to do it myself, like if someone wasn't depending on me. And so that's why I hooked up with, um, this, my buddy Logan and, um, with the foundation and, and did this run together because I have such a hard time still to this day, figuring out how I can wrap my head around a marathon. I, I, for some reason I can do it in an Ironman. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. And (laughs) But maybe like, it's not a, maybe it's not enough of a challenge for you. You got to I don't think you know. so cuz it hurts. I mean <laughs> well, well, that's cuz you're pushing someone, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. With me and running. I mean, it goes back to and I know a lot of women have this issue. They they weren't runners. They or they were told they weren't or couldn't be runners or they were fat or slow and so that was me and I didn't start running till my 30s, you know. And so I think a lot of the adult onset runner in me looks still to this day looks for ways around running (laughs) even (laughs) though I run you know three days a week I don't know I don't know why am I the only one do you guys know people like that (laughs) I know plenty of people like that and it's also the hardest of the three disciplines in in triathlon by far I think I mean I think people if you if you know how to swim capably you know and capable is you know uh, Missy Franklin but you aren't scared of the swim portion of the thing then I mean then the running I think is 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 can be super challenging, especially if you came at it later in life, you know, no, were you and guys it's still always runners. No, no. <laughs> You're like, we came later and we're good at it. Sorry, Meredith. <laughs> no, I'm not good at it. I mean, that's the thing. I, again, I want to like emphasize Sarah has a different perspective than I do, but I, you know, running is always, it's not ever easy. Like there isn't anything easy about running. And yeah. I, and I, you know, I mean the heart rate pl- plans that we do, you know, um, we uh, encourage you to keep your heart rate under 140 for the easy runs. So it's a little like bobbing along, like your, your splits go down quite a bit, you know, as far as timing and that is easier, but it's still propelling your own body weight forward. Anything when you try to do that really purposefully, think like a push up, think of a burpee, like those are all hard running. Is not on that level hard, but it's definitely in that category. Um, and I, and I don't think, I think because of the simplicity of the, na- of the movement, you know, oh, I just have to put one foot in front of the other. Like people think it should be easier than it is. And yeah, it's, I not. mean, in my, t- in my perspective, it's, it's not. Um, and to answer your question, I mean, I really started running, um, goes back to the gym conversation. I really started running seriously when I moved to New York city and a gym membership was too expensive on my meager salary. So, you know, I mean, I was 23, 24, I mean, Seriously, you know, I mean, I, I ran for some cross training and, and rowing, but yeah. yeah, that's so true. And I feel like that's my, that's one of my big struggles to this day is I'm doing a lot of CrossFit now and the mm. worst exercises have nothing to do with the barbell. It's me moving my body through space. It's <laughs> yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially for women, you know, I mean, women who have bigger chests or I'm really tall, I have really long limbs. I mean, Ben, my son, who's super tall in sixth grade you know, came out of his physical fitness test the other day in gym and was um, embarrassed because he couldn't do a pull-up. I'm like, Ben, you realize like you're like twice the size of your sixth grade classmates. You know, your arms are so long compared to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'm not making, it's, I'm, it sounds like I'm making a ton of excuses. I'm not, but I'm, it is very hard to, yeah. to move your own body weight um, when you have, you know, hips and boobs or <laughs> tight or whatever you know especially boobs you have to like roll up into your bra that's my problem 
to be boobs and now who knows what those are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are some of the things that you guys have planned for the future? I mean, everyone always says, oh, what's next for racing? But what do you guys have with another mother runner planned? So we have found uh, retreats are, are really um, successful and very fulfilling for us. We started off with one in Little Rock, Arkansas in 2015. We had uh, then one a year for the next two years. And this year we are doing two of them, one in Ogden, Utah in um, May 17th through 20th. And there's still spots available in that one. Uh, uh, go to visit Ogden.com slash AMR. Um, and then uh, – we have one at the end of October in Cape Cod, which actually sold out in 36 hours, which just blew us away. And um, so, uh, and already we're looking forward to 2019, and I would say we'll have um, three, maybe four retreats. Um, and so that that you know, so much of our lives these days um, is lived online, and mm-hmm. to be able to um, take. Maybe some relationships you have on Facebook or in Strava or wherever that, um, and then to be able to form and build that relationship in person is really um, very joyful and powerful and um, just a ton of fun. And so, um, and so our retreats always have a race now, always have a race component to it. And um, so, like the Ogden Marathon and the Cape Cod Half Marathon, and so. I mean, we see that the women from our retreats then go on to convene, you know, all like 10 or 12 of them meet up at other races. They do Ragnar races together. Like these are, and, you know, go see each other when they, one of them is having a medical procedure or something. I mean, like, like seriously lifelong lasting bonds are being made between that start online and then uh, really um, flourish in person. So that's um, one thing we're really excited about. For that sounds like fun. Except the marathon at the end of that old Ogden. Oh thing. yeah, well, well, Ogden, <laughs> you can do the. Well, I'm not doing the Ogden marathon. I'm doing the. We we're doing relay, and oh. so you can do the marathon, half marathon, relay, or I think they have either a five k or ten k. But the you know relay that it's a five person team to go the absolutely beautiful twenty six point two miles. It's a point to point course. Um, through a canyon so there is a net elevation loss during the race which is always nice um yeah. and, and um so yeah so um yeah i mean are you, are you gonna Sarah, do you have a team are you doing a team yeah we're doing yeah, yeah 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 so um with uh like katie and maggie and um and then there's at least one other team with attendee you know with uh retreaters um oh great yeah that's yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah so um yeah yeah. So, and I mean, Tim, what else is exciting on the horizon for well, you? I saw something, or was it on your last podcast? You were, Demony, you were talking about doing, you're doing something big this year. Well, so, um, yes, I am. I'm doing, I'm, I'm, this is my year of adventure. Um, I <laughs> Wait, what was last year? <laughs> <laughs> last year was a year of, of, of transformation. So yes, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm having a lot of uh, problems with my back and my leg and um, it's my running just needs to be limited to very small spurts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably, I ran less than 50 miles last year total. Um, and so that was definitely a very hard year. Cause it, like I likened it to like, okay, I work at an ice cream store, but all of a sudden you're told you're like lactose intolerant. You're like, oh. can't taste it. <laughs> you got to <laughs> live with it all the time. And, um, so, uh, so I came to peace with that more or less. And, um, and there's still a ton that I can do. So two of the things that I'm doing this year is, um, 
in May, I'm going to go hike the Grand Canyon with two of my friends. Um, we're going to do rim to rim in one day. Um, so that's going to be interesting <laughs> and fun. Very fun. Um, but you know, so you're good definitely... to hike and all that. You just can't yeah, do the, yeah. pounding, the running. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The pounding and especially on pavement, I think yeah. is, um, kind of tough. And then the second thing that, um, uh, I'm signed up for is a race called, um, it's called swim run. And it's in, um, it's off, it's off of, uh, Portland, Maine. I think it's the Casco islands. Um, and, uh, basically it's, it's a race in Europe. It's called the OTO, O-T-I-L-L-O. Um, and it's coming slowly to the U S and, um, basically what you do is you swim between the islands and then you run over the islands and run, you know, I put in quotation marks because it's, it's uninhabited islands. So it's like, (laughs) it's like hiking on the beach. I mean, slow jog, fast hike kind of thing. It's not like, you know, you're out, you know, running as fast as you can. Yeah. And, and I have to say, Dim's an incredibly fast walker. Um, I have <laughs> I have trailed her in many an airport and expo hallway, and she walks super duper fast. So yeah, <laughs> I, just, I got that going for me. And yeah. the, the cool part of that race is that you do it with a you have to do it with a partner, and you have to stay with that partner the whole time. So you have to swim within. I don't know exactly what it is, X amount of like 10 yards of each other or five, 10 feet. I don't know what the rules are exactly, but you've got to do it together. So yeah. a good friend of mine here in Colorado um, is going to do it with me. So, so that's, so like doing things with people like that is, is um, kind of my nirvana. Like an adventure with a friend is, is pretty fun. So that's we've actually got one of those races coming to Atlanta and it, it's like you, you swim across the lake and you get out and run with your, but it's, it sounds like the same thing. So I guess it's that type of race that they're yeah. doing in Europe, but I sent it to my coach and I was like, we should do this together. And it was radio silence. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to be my partner. Like what's up, dude? It's short. <laughs> I heard nothing. So oh, find you, a new partner, man. You should do I it. Know. It should be really fun. Oh my gosh. It would be. So what is, in, in 2015, Dimity, I did um, Ironman Lake Placid, and it was one of those days that everything went wrong, and it was miserable, and I wanted to quit, and when I got out of that race and to the other side of it, it turned out to be one of my best races ever because I know what I had overcome, and no one knows what you overcome on race day sometimes. So what is one of the hardest races that you've done from a personal standpoint and what did you learn from it? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, or Sarah too. Gonna, gonna Sarah too. Sarah. I, know, I was about to say, I was about to say now, I'm, now at least I have the time to think about it. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, I have to say straight up marathons were pretty hard for me. Um, so, but I thought I've only done two in my life. And the second one was the one that launched run like a mother. Um, you know, um, so, I mean, I remember being at mile 22. So I ran, so it's a little confusing. I was running, Sarah Bowen Shea, my business partner who's on this podcast, was was running as well as Sarah, who also spells her name with an H. Um, my sister was running next to me. She was in the race with me. Sarah Bowen Shea was ahead of me. And uh, mile 22, one of my sister Sarah's friends jumped in with us. Her name is Piper. And, uh, and you know, Piper's got, you know, lots of energy and really wants to keep us going. And Sarah and I were like, don't talk to us. Don't worry. I really had a hard time. And then, um, and then I was like, um, and then Piper left up after like a mile and a half. And then I was like, okay, Sarah, we'll start running at that cone. Like we were walking. And I was like, I'll start running at that cone. And I picked it up before that cone. She goes, Dimity, you are not allowed to do that. <laughs> like we were just struggling. We had gone out too fast. 
um, you know, and um, it was a beautiful day. It was a fun day, but those last couple miles just really killed me. Um, but there's always elation at the finish line. I mean, again, I'm not uh, a super, comp- I mean, I, I, I'm competitive, of course, but I'm not super competitive. And I tend to think of race days as celebrations and parties rather than, oh my gosh, how much can I self-inflict pain and how much can I hurt? Um, and so, I mean, I do the training, like when we did Ironman Coeur d'Alene, like I did the training and I hurt in the training and it sucked in the training. Um, but I did that so that when I got to race day, it was like a party, you know, I mean, I, it hurt for sure, but it wasn't, um, you know, I'm never going to push myself to the point of puking. Like, let's just say that. that. Like, that's not interesting to me at all. So it's more fun to, to just go out and chat people up and, and have a good day and, you know, have a medal and a beer at the finish line. I had so much fun in Coeur d'Alene seeing you. It was because I was headed out for my second loop on the run. You were headed back. You might have had, I don't know, two or three miles left. And I was like, hey, 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 we waved. And then I was like, oh, it's so great. And then I got like 20 yards down. I was like, oh, my gosh, she's like done. And I'm just starting. (laughs) (laughs) Then I got mad at you. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Right. I I have to say, I'm I'm very rarely in that position, especially in a straight up running race where you're, you know, you have the out and back. I'm always on the, the back you know, the out part when everyone I feel like is coming back. So, um, so that was a pretty good day for me. Yeah, it was great. What about you, Sarah? What was the hardest race you've ever had to push through? I would have to say the first Boston marathon I ran, it was 2012 and you know, the Boston marathon start time, um, for mere mortals is, um, you know, around 11 o'clock, 11 I think I didn't start till 11 20 and it was, temperature reached uh 89 degrees that day and it was just brutal sunshine and it's you know that race is in mid-april so even though i live here in relatively moderate portland oregon temperate you know temperate oregon uh it was i was not prepared for that heat and um you know here i'd been you know dreaming of going to boston numerous you know for a whole bunch of years i finally get there it ends up being my slowest marathon to this day ever Um, and oh my gosh, I just, there was one part, um, there's this town called Natick. It's about the, um, kind of the second big, first kind of biggish town you're running through. And so there are businesses kind of small one and two level brick buildings on either side of the road. It's not a very wide road. It's, I think it might even be cement at that point. And so it was like a tunnel effect in terms of the heat and i just at that point it there was no movement in the air and it felt like a literal oven and i actually had to kind of talk myself out of a panic attack because i wow. just was like oh, oh, oh. and um i remember there was at that point some people were handing out ice cubes and it was like they were giving me hundred dollar bills as i ran past them <laughs> like i felt i felt that much gratitude i just thought it was the nicest thing anyone had ever thought to do like better than the Red Cross during, you know, a hurricane or something. I just was like, you brought ice cubes. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I also remember uh, when I got to Wellesley, um, I had to like tie my shoe, I guess, or something. I remember having to bend down and I asked a spectator if they could tie my shoe for me because I just was <laughs> like so kind of crampy and tight. And um, so it was, I mean, it was quite a slog. Um so, yeah. 
And then you get on the other side of it and you're like, I am superwoman. <laughs> right, 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 right. And I remember um, someone, uh, you know, it's Boston Marathon. It's a big race and um, a ton of people. And the, like I said, this was 2012. And um, uh, the woman who handed me my medal, I like to always go toward the back of where people are handing out medals because I feel like, you know, those volunteers aren't getting much action. And um, <laughs> so, uh, um, so I went to the back and... Um, so I said, thank you. And the person said, you did a great job, Sarah. And I didn't have my name on my thing. So I realized that she had recognized me. And I, it just meant the world to me that someone from the tribe handed me my medal. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, you know, by that point, point, it's like, I don't know, after four in the afternoon, <laughs> or I guess it was right, 3.30 or something like that. And it was just like, oh, so, um, yeah, that was, that was, um, heat is my nemesis. I've had a lot of, mar- I've run 14 marathons and I've had a lot of hot ones and, yeah. um, it's, it's, that's no fun. Back to what you said about the member of your tribe. I have similar experiences, but mine's always, um, usually on a half Ironman course and mm-hmm. someone will go blowing by me and they're like, <laughs> thank you for your book. You got me here. And I'm like, screw you. You know, they're just like blowing. I'm like, glad I could inspire you to beat me fiercely, you know, but it's so nice to see people. Um, just, you know, that, you know, from cyberspace and then they appear on a race course, which is really cool. But one of, one of the funniest stories, um, I, (laughs) I had was we had a bunch of kid girls wearing the same kits, um, on, you know, that, cause I sell the tri kits or whatever. And, um, my husband was racing and he said, Hey Meredith, he saw me like from across the, you know, across the road on, on the race course. And this woman behind him goes, that's not Meredith. was like oh and it wasn't it wasn't me it was someone else wearing the same kit that I had on but I thought that was so funny that someone knew that that was him and that was not me across the road (laughs) and she told him that's not your wife sorry that's hilarious so funny what were you gonna someone was gonna Demony were you gonna say something I was gonna say that um that's funny you mentioned about wearing the same outfit because I um at the last marathon I did was Twin Cities on um October 1st and um ended up running the final about mile with a woman who was wearing one of the same exact same tank top that tank top that I was racing in from the mother runner store that we sell. And, um, so she and I, her, her name's Lisa. She's a dairy farmer in Minnesota. And I had met her at the twin cities expo the year before. And so she and I sort of were jockeying positions during the race. And, um, like, I don't know, at around mile 22 or something I had said to her like you know smooth it out smooth it out like I could tell she was kind of having a rough a rough go of it and then when we connected right before the 25 mile mark like I knew I was given all I got and I was like just hang with me and definitely one thought was oh please don't let her suddenly like find an extra gear because <laughs> I'm not going to be able to keep up with her but it was it was really just so incredibly meaningful to have somebody to be finishing. And I thought it was so fun that we were wearing the same tank top. And, um, I knew from, I'd run into a friend of hers, um, when we were getting on the shuttle bus. And like I said, she's a dairy farmer and I, she had been up until 11 o'clock the night before Lisa had, um, because they were trying to bring in the harvest, the, the grain harvest. Um, and, uh, it was supposed to, it did rain on race day. And so they needed to get it in. And I just was like, Okay, that is not like the like I thought I had it rough being at the expo for half the day, and here right. this woman was working in the you know doing heavy manual labor the day before the marathon. 
Um, wow. so yeah, but, um, it was just, it was just awesome. And like, I really wanted to get a great race, fo- you know, finish line photos. And so, um, anyway, yeah, it was fun. I think there's so such important work that you guys are doing, um, just with the sense of community and the anti elitism. I mean, it's just so wonderful to be able to go to a race and to know that you're there to better yourself and not necessarily like beat down anyone else. I mean, it, it just allows the whole experience to just truly matter, I think. I mean, I had an experience in at Ironman Augusta, seventy point three last year. My my, it was a, a hot day, Sarah. I didn't do well in the heat either, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I was kind of like just doing the like last six mile slog. And I w- walked by this this woman who was crying, and mm. I just threw my sweaty arm around her, and I was like, "What's wrong?" You know. And, but we and and then she ended up posting online that that like totally saved her race. And I was just, you know, I'm like, well, my race sucks. So I'll just go be friendly to everyone. But it it ended up being this whole community thing just because I had stopped to like, you know, not, not make a big deal out of the race so much as the people in the community. And I know Mm -hmm. you guys just live for that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, that's the thing. And I mean, obviously if you're there to race and you are, you know, and you've trained to, you know, do your best yeah, that and day. Yeah, you're having you, a good you, day. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got your blinders on, but also, but, 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 you know, the reality is, is there's three people that stand on the podium in every age group, you know, and, and or not even, you know, in some running races, it's just the winner, right? And so, you know, why not? help somebody out, you know, and, and make it because those are the races that you're going to remember. Like you will always remember that Augusta race 40 years from now, you're going to remember that you're not going to remember a random race where you did, you know, where you came in maybe a a couple minutes faster than you, you know, previously did or something like that. Like, I'm not saying that you need to like, you know, you know, give a kidney to every person on the course, but, (laughs) but there's, but there's something to be said for, you know, the, you know, just being a real member of the community while you're out there and cheering everybody on because what you give, you get back in spades. Like you mm-hmm. saw, you know? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. So what is some of the worst behavior that you guys have seen or heard about on a race course? Oh, geez. Mm. I'm, I'm giving you some stumpers. You are? I well, because I haven't been on a race course in so long. That's my problem. I mean, but I really like the last... you probably hear a lot, though. It's like, have you heard of just some awful behavior? Well, I'm always intrigued by, you know, people who think that they can cut a race short and not get caught these days, you know, (laughs) that usually happens in the marathon distance, Um, you know, but everyone can see that on the internet. Um, I mean, I have to uh, say, I think runners are some of the most genuinely friendly, awesome, good Mm -hmm. people I know, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, when you go to an expo, like standing there, yes, it gets tiring, you know, standing behind the table, but everybody has a story. Everybody is smiling. Everybody you know, wants everybody else to do the best that they can. Like it, it, it sounds so Pollyannish, but it's, it's truly the truth. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I just don't see, you know, I mean, the worst I see is like when I, I don't like being at the beginning of a race and I see all these men just like pulling off to go to the bathroom. I'm like, really, oh, really? You can't gosh. use a freaking yes. like porta potty just because you have, you know, access to your unit more than women do. Like, I don't know. That, that drives me a <laughs> that little crazy. I gotta so say crazy. Oh my gosh. Dem at Marine Corps, we had, I had to pee so bad at the start and I obviously could not, I could not leave Logan. Like I could not park him and, and go to a porta potty. So I had to literally mm. find, you know, someone I knew who could sit and, and these guys were just pulling over and peeing and I was getting the rage. <laughs> 
was like, yeah. it's not yeah. fair. Yeah. That's that. Uh, I mean, so that, yeah, that's no, my, what about you, Sarah? Have you seen anything egregious um, lately? Well, I definitely agree, Dim, with the, um, with the kindness and the, the um, good spirit of runners. I mean, you and I have felt that time and time again, when particularly when we would hold mother runner parties around the country. And, and now that we go to races, expos and meet so many people. Um, I mean, I'm not a fan of people elbowing other people out at the finish line. Like, um, yeah. you know, that, that it's kind of like, really like you, dude, you couldn't have, you couldn't have passed me with a quarter mile to go. You had to, you know, suddenly lunge and kind of push me out of the way. And it's like, okay, so now we're both going to get a really lousy finish line photo. <laughs> Right, um, right. So, um, yeah, no, um, no, I don't, I don't, and, and like Dim, I don't, Dim and I, neither one of us races very much. Um, so, um, and I live in Portland where people are all very nice and, you know, um, aren't, aren't rude. Um, so, <laughs> no, so you're so, saying you live in a better state than the rest of us. I get it. No, just, just super friendly and don't want to, you know, oh gosh. Well, and how about talk about a friendly race? I mean, you know, I love the twin cities marathon and it's one of the two out of my 14, it's one of the two that I've run more than once. And, you know, oh my gosh, such friendly racers, my goodness. So, um, yeah, no, well, you go, you go, yeah, no, right. you go, really. <laughs> you finish. No, I'll finish. No, you finish. <laughs> That's so, awesome. um, yeah, no, um, you know, I just, I, I think it's more a case of people helping each other and, and, um, lifting each other up than, than cutting each other down. And, and, you know, we find the same thing in our online community that, that we all know there's a lot of haters online. There's a lot of trolls online and somehow the another mother runner community has just always had a lot of positivity and support. And there are women on our Facebook page and it have been since day one who are cheering each other on. I mean, there are people who, you know, are training to run their 20th marathon, giving kudos to people who just ran their first 5k mm-hmm. and, um, you know, women who, you know, come in from a 22 mile run and, you know, are, you know, giving it up for people who, you know, j- just did two miles for the first time. I mean, it is so supportive and positive. And the very few times that I can think of there being some negative comments, other people will chime in, um, you know, kind of offering solidarity and support to the, you know, um, not shunning the person who, who showed some negativity, but show, really just showering positivity um, to kind of almost drown out the negativity, like before we can even get onto the thread itself. Yeah, you have your so, people that are there. Yeah, yeah. and so that um, so it just my my faith in humanity is restored pretty much every time I read threads on our Facebook page or read comments on anothermotherrunner.com and meet people. Just there's there's a lot of goodness out there in the running community, and particularly among women and when you can make a space that feels safe for them and supportive for them, really good things can come out of it. Yeah. That's awesome. So this podcast is called the same 24 hours and it came from the idea that we all have the same 24 hours in our day, but it's what we do with those 24 hours that leads to our best health and happiness and success. So what is something that each of you do on a daily basis that you think contributes to making the best of your 24 hours? Another toughie. I've got it. I mean, the mind's easy. Um, an early bedtime, 
early really? bedtime. Yeah, like eight thirty ish. What? Uh, nine, nine. Yeah, yeah. I'm not kidding you. Um, well, I'm I'm kind of wired that way anyway. Like I definitely am following my mother's footsteps, and my kids are that way as well. But um, but sleep is just it is the magic medicine. It is the magic potion. It is the everything. And so many people, um, I don't think give it, underestimate its power. And, uh, so getting to bed early, I know, um, I've read and I've heard a couple of times that the sleep that you get before midnight is, um, more restorative than post midnight. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not asleep at eight 30. I like to read before I fall asleep. Um, but I'm typically, you know, asleep, you know, on most weeknights for sure by about nine 15, um, and then getting, and then that makes, you know, that early morning workout, that motivation, all the stuff we talked about at the beginning, not so hard. What time um, do you get up? I mean, it depends, but you know, um, anywhere between five and five and six usually. Okay. Um, and it just, you know, and I, you know, of course I have bad nights of sleep. Um, but I just, I highly encourage anybody who is, you know, struggling with being tired all the time with anything to just. Like just try go twenty minutes earlier. Get get ready for bed, even you know, because sometimes I feel like that's the hurdle, you know. Like oh, I gotta brush my teeth and wash my face and change my clothes. Ugh, I'll just stay here on Facebook instead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you do that, you know, twenty or thirty minutes before you want to get in bed, um, you might be, you know, you might be surprised. So I'll call you tonight at nine forty-five. Yeah, I'll text you. There, get in bed. Get in bed. Yeah. Are no, you asleep no, yet? I, well, that's, Are you asleep yet? <laughs> the other thing is I keep my phone in the kitchen. So, I mean, and that may not always happen given that, you know, no, none of my kids drive yet or anything, but I, you know, once I plug it in around eight, it's, I'm, I'm done with it until the next morning. But how do you walk keep... away from, I mean, especially being in the social media culture that you're in, how do you walk away from everything that early? Like, I feel like I'm going to miss something <laughs> and usually well, it's gonna, miss nothing, but it's, it's going to be there in the morning. Yeah. Right? It's going to be there in the morning. And chances are, you know, I mean, what happens with social media in my experience is especially, I mean, you again, like our, our social media is pretty, um, I don't want to say vanilla, but it's not like it's, you know, there's nothing, you know, it's not politics. It's not anything like that. It's not, yeah. you know, people spewing at each other. Um, but, um, you know, okay. So if it, if it is something that needs your attention, it will have died down. The situation will probably have resolved itself a little bit by the time you can get to it the next morning. Um, and there just isn't, I mean, nothing, just nothing that urgent. <laughs> nothing good. It really doesn't. I mean, and not that, you know, people post and I, you know, I want to encourage them, but it'll, they'll, if they tag you, it'll be there in the morning. And then you can say, how did it go instead of have a good run, you know, like yeah. big deal, you know, uh, I don't know. I just, you know, I, some, at some point, you know, I, I needed to set boundaries in what, because you can be so accessible all the time. And of course I want to be there for people, but I also not at the expense of my own, you know, um, health. Night, night time. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> so that's mine. What's yours, Sarah? What do you do in your same 24 hours? Uh, I always get outside. Um, that, um, I just, I, I feel very strongly about the restorative powers of being outdoors. And, um, I know, I, I think I live in a fabulous place to be outdoors year round. Some people might think that, uh, going outside and getting rained on is not a pleasant experience, but, um, I just derive a lot of fulfillment and enjoyment and, um, 
like when I go outside, I feel like harmonious with things like this, whatever was bothering me in my desk within seconds of stepping outside feels minimized. And, uh, we just got a dog about a month and a half ago. So now I definitely have to go outside. And instead of being like, Ugh, to be outside with the dog again, I'm like, Oh, okay, great. It is, I am supposed to be standing here in my side yard, staring at the, you know, arborvitae as my dog decides where he's going to do his business. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, um, yeah. And, and I, you know, I think, um, I encourage people to do their workouts outside that, um, yeah, you know, I don't want people running on ice if they don't have, you know, spikes on the bottom of their shoes or if they don't have lights, they shouldn't be running when it's dark out, but you know, get the gear that you need. And I mean, gosh, we see it so much right now with all the cold weather that's gripping parts of the country. I mean, women are pretty crafty in how they can cover up and, and layer up and getting their workouts done outside. I just feel that the, those miles are that much more fulfilling if they're done outdoors. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, thank you ladies. I always love catching up. And so everyone check out another motherrunner.com and maybe we will see you at a retreat sometime. Yes. Be yes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. fantastic. Thank All you. Right, we appreciate it. Hi everybody. Before you go, don't forget to start your year off right check out yearofnononsense.com. This is a new revolution that has started. And I am not joking when I say revolution because people are completely tired of the nonsense that is in their lives. And what I mean by that is it can be anything that you know is standing in your way of being your best self. But there is a set of sort of pledges and commitments at yearofnononsense.com that many of you guys have already taken the pledge and just saying, hey, I'm, I'm starting this year off correctly the way that I need it. And it's going to be a year of no nonsense. So check out the website and take the pledge and we'll see you online. Mm-hmm.